Hello, I hope you're doing well and had a good week. It's good to be with you. We are back in the second half of Exodus today. So God's people have been rescued from slavery in Egypt and we're now beginning to see more clearly what it is that they have been rescued for, what God's desire and plan for his people is. And really this is the overarching story of the whole Bible, that God wants to be with the people he has made. The law highlighted mankind's huge problem that God is holy, but human beings are sinful and rebellious. And much of this part of Exodus has been about about God making a way through various rituals and sacrifices for mankind's sinfulness to be dealt with so that he can dwell, so that God can dwell with his people. And last week we looked at the establishment of the tabernacle, the place where God would come and meet with his people. And this week I want to go on to look at the instructions, the role, if you like, of the priests who really run the tabernacle. And in many ways this is a continuation of last week. Uh, I'm not going to read a whole section of scripture today, really. I'm going to dip into different verses throughout the whole section of chapters 25 to 31, which talk about the setup of the tabernacle and the role of the priests. And here, um, at the end of chapter 29, uh, is that Exodus drumbeat once again. Um, This is 29 verse 44. So I will consecrate the tent of meeting and the altar and will consecrate Aaron and his sons to serve me as priests. Then I will dwell among the Israelites and be their God. They will know that I am the Lord their God who brought them out of Egypt so that, this is the key bit, so that I might dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. And let's just pause Uh, at this point for a reminder, because of Jesus, we no longer have to go through all the rituals in Exodus in order to bridge the gap between God and ourselves. Jesus is the only human being who has ever completely kept God's law. He was the perfect high priest, and because he did nothing wrong, he also was the perfect sacrifice for sin, and in his death has taken on himself the judgment of God for our sin, making a way for us to come straight into the presence of God. So now the Bible says God's people, we are his tabernacle and he dwells amongst us by his spirit. So right where you are now, you hear this, you are the tabernacle of God. God, God's presence is with you. His spirit is in you, excuse me. And so he dwells with you now in your living room, wherever you are. Let's welcome the presence of God because we are his tabernacle. If you're not yet a follower of Jesus, we would love you to know this presence of God, your creator in your life. Being with God, doing life with him is what we were made for. It's actually the only place that we will find peace and fulfillment because that's the way we were designed. And so we'd love to talk to you more about that. Please do be in touch with us. We're running an alpha course uh, very soon. There'll be more details about that later, but it's just a great opportunity to ask any questions you have about the Christian faith. So now back to the Exodus story. The key thing for us as God's people, as we look at the role of the priests, as those, um, so as God's people, as those who've been made holy by putting our faith in Jesus Christ, the key thing for us is that actually the Bible says we are now all priests. This was trailed, if you remember back in Exodus chapter 19, verse 6, 
where God said, although the whole earth is mine, you will be meet for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And then it was made really explicit in the New Testament by Peter in his letter where he says this, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So the question for us today really is what can we learn from this whole section of Exodus about our role as priests? What does it mean that we are all priests in God's kingdom? Um, what I want us to do today really is dive straight into the most holy place, as it were, the place uh, that only the priests could go to and look at three symbols, the three things that went on there, because I th believe that they just display three key aspects of what it means for us to be priests of God, each of us, um, right at our identity um, now. And interestingly, I believe that these are three things which particularly came to the fore as the pandemic that we've been living through um, really unfolded. As we, if you like, and entered our own wilderness, I believe that these are things that God brought to the fore, and I think he wants to emphasize them now, these three aspects of what it means to be priests. So let's go into the holy place and look at, first of all, the bread. So the bread of the pre presence, there were 12 loaves set out on the golden table uh, before God. And really this represented God's provision for his people. Not only has he come and made a way for his people to be in his presence, to be with him, but also he has made practical provision for them at every point. So throughout their wilderness journey, remember that he met them in the wilderness. He provided the manna and the quail. Uh, they had to come to him every day, but this was their way of recognizing that they were utterly dependent on them, him, that he was their good father, that he, had, that he was looking after them, that actually he would provide for them everything that they needed. God, everything comes from you. We are dependent on you. That's our declaration of priests. That is right at the heart of what it is to be a priest. That's our posture, if you like, is God, I'm dependent on you. I remember saying it here right back in March where we first uh, were trying to work out what was going on um, with lockdown. And right now, as the rest of the world in many ways scrabbles to kind of get things back to normal and uh, work out how life works, I believe that as God's people, as priests in his kingdom, we're to have a different posture. Actually, we continue to recognize that we're utterly dependent on God, that we don't know how things are going to work out in the day ahead. There will be all sorts of challenges, won't there, in the days ahead, whether it be jobs or money, it might be relationships or how we do church, um, the economy, health maybe, all sorts of challenges, all sorts of unknowns as well. But that's okay if you're the people of God because you know that you're dependent on him. You know that you have a good father. You know that you come to him every day, as it were, as the Israelites did for manna, and make that declaration, God, I'm dependent on you today. Today I need you to come through for me. I, I, I need your provision. I trust you today. And I trust you for what's coming down the road, even though I don't know what that might look like. 
And I believe that we need to keep reminding ourselves of that and have that posture. It's the posture of the priests. And just as I was preparing this, I felt God say that there might be some uh, listening today who are just feeling that the pressure of the unknown, feeling their own fragility and not knowing what's going on. And I want to speak right into your heart, as it were, today and say, be still and know that I am God, God says. I have got it covered. I see you. I know what's coming. I know what you need. Now, of course, the other side of dependence on God is generosity. Because we believe that God will provide everything we need, so we are free to be generous with the things that God's given us. And I love the fact that this whole section in Exodus, the setting up of the tabernacle and the priestly duties, this whole section is bookended at the beginning by this declaration of the generosity of God's people. So um, Exodus 25 verse 1 says this, The Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites to bring me an offering. You are to receive the offering for me from everyone whose heart prompts them to give. It, it's brilliant. It, it's not about rules whose ever heart prompts them to give. But because you've seen that I'm your God, because you've seen that I will provide for you, so I want you to be free and give generously into my kingdom, says God. And, you know, we felt this at the beginning of lockdown. There were endless stories of, of people being generous and looking out for one another, for neighbours, of gifts arriving on people's doorsteps and that kind of thing. And also with our welfare fund in the church as people gave in. And, in fact, over the last few months... Uh, I think about £18,000, including gift aid, has been given in uh, just to support one another within the body. There was this outpouring of generosity as we felt our own wilderness. But I believe that God would say that this is to be our permanent posture as we recognize our dependences on God. So also we're to be a, ge a generous people who are free with the things that God has given us. And, you know, that welfare fund uh, that's, that's sitting there waiting to be used in many ways, I, I believe we'll look back on these days and we'll see that that was small fry as, as God uh, calls us to serve the town and to be a blessing around us. I believe that, uh, that that will be so much multiplied and that will look small compared with the things that he's going to do as we're generous in the days ahead. So our posture as priests, first of all, uh, the picture is the bread but the posture is dependence on God and generosity. Okay, that's the first thing as we go into the, uh, the holy place. The second thing is this, is the altar, the altar of incense. And throughout the Bible, incense represents the prayer of God, God's people. So in chapter 30, verse 7, we read this. Aaron must burn fragrant incense on the altar every morning when he tends the lamps. He must burn incense again when he lights the lamps at twilight. So incense will burn regularly before the Lord for the generations to come. And again, this is a key aspect of what it means to be a priest. We've been granted access by the creator right into his presence. And we have this privilege of approaching him. And yet so often it can seem like a chore or it can seem transactional. And oh, I know we don't often say that, but this is an amazing privilege. And it's part, in fact, it's the priority, if you like, of us as priests that we get to come before God in prayer. It's it is a struggle. It's hard work in many ways, but I believe that we need to keep pushing ourselves and challenging ourselves on this. It, the, the disciples 
uh, interestingly, didn't find this easy either. It was the, the thing that they went to Jesus and they said, teach us, teach us how to pray. Clearly they saw, um, amongst all the amazing things that they saw Jesus doing, there was something about his prayer life that they realized was at the heart of who he was. And so their question was, Lord, how do we pray? Won't you teach us? And I believe that needs to be our question too, because it's at the heart of what it means to be a priest um, in God's kingdom. And sometimes I think we struggle with prayer because we can't always see uh, the results. And I, I, I love, uh, there's a, a bit in Revelation uh, chapter 8, which, which kind of shows us the impact of the prayers of God's people. Um, it, prayer of God's people, in fact, is the one thing that silences heaven as we get a window into heaven in Revelation 8. And, and we read this. An angel was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all God's people on the golden altar in front of the throne. The smoke of the incense, together with the prayers of God's people, went up before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and hurled it on the earth. And there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. So not only does the, do the prayer of God's people silence heaven while everyone listens, but then there comes uh, hurtling back to earth the results of the prayer as, as prayer as God hears and answers the prayers of his people. And for me, prayer really has been one of the revelations of lockdown. Uh, as people have gathered, it, it, it kind of works on Zoom, and people have gathered in different settings, particularly the eight o'clock every morning on weekdays, people from different churches across Swindon and have gathered just to seek God, to cry out to him, to seek his, his purposes at this strange time. And by the way, as an aside, isn't it interesting, isn't it fascinating that the priest, as he goes into the, um, into the holy place, on close to his heart, carries the whole people of God. So this is an aside, but chapter 28, 29 says this, whenever Aaron enters the holy place, he will bear the names of the sons of Israel over his heart. So he has the 12 stones, which represent the 12 tribes of Israel. And so uh, as he goes into God's presence, he carries, if you like, the whole of God's people. And so there's that sense that as priests, we carry the whole of, we bring before God the whole of his people. And so it's such a privilege to gather with others, not just our church, but across God's people in our town. And as we've gathered in the mornings, it's been humbling. It's been amazing, really, just to sense the presence of God amongst us. Um, Different people have led. It's been inspiring. Truly, everyone has been a priest in that sense. And it's only half an hour, so you leave wanting more. Let's be honest. I'd encourage you, if you ever can, drop in at eight o'clock in the morning. And I know that's not going to work for everybody, but prayer must be a priority for us as the people of God. And we need to find all sorts of different ways and different times uh, of getting before God. But prayer, we must keep challenging each other on this. God's people prayer and pray. And every move of God begins with people praying. I love this quote from Matthew Henry. When God intends great mercy for his people, the first thing he does is sets them praying. So our posture is dependence on God. Our priority is prayer. And the third thing is this. We see in the holy place the lampstand. So here we go, chapter 27, verse 20. Command the Israelites to bring you clear oil of pressed olives for the light so that the lamps may be kept burning. 
in the tent of meeting outside the curtain that shields the Ark of the Covenant law, Aaron and his sons are to keep the lamps burning before the Lord from evening till morning. This is to be a lasting ordinance among the Israelites for the generations to come. As priests in God's kingdom, one of our roles is to keep the the lamp burning, if you like. And the lampstand has echoes all through the Bible. So in Genesis, it, it represents the tree of life. And then we see right at the other end of the Bible in Revelation that it it describes Jesus walking amongst the churches, walking amongst the lampstands that that are representing the churches. So the picture of the lampstand is that sense of bringing light and bringing life into the world. And that is our role. That is our identity, if you like, as priests. This is an identity issue. Listen to Jesus's words in Matthew 5. You are are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. See, the key thing here is our mindset. It's our identity. You are light. You are one who brings life. And this is all of us. Whatever we do, wherever God's put us, we are all priests. We are all bringers of life. God is in the business of transforming people so that they can bring transformation to the places where he has put them. In our case, to Swindon. This is very down to earth. This is about the place where God has put us. We, in our very identity, are light shiners. We are life bringers in the place where God's put us. And so the oil represents the Holy Spirit. And so as we're filled with the Spirit, we're enabled to bring life and to bring light uh, to those around us. And this brings us to the other bookend of this whole section of the setting up of the tabernacle. So in chapter 31, I love also this other bookend. So... This shows us that this is about everybody. Remember, we're all priests. And all the jobs that we think of as not being spiritual, turns out they absolutely are. So uh, this is 31 verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom and with understanding, with knowledge and with all kinds of skills, to make artistic designs for wood, for, for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. Who knew that the first place that, uh, that, it, that this would talk about God's, God coming by his spirit and enabling gifts to be used was in craft and creativity? Not necessarily what we would expect, but the point is that in every area, wherever God has put you, however unimportant it might seem, you might be working on a fa- in a factory, you might be at home with the kids, you might be trying to get through lockdown, helping with schooling, you might be in an office um, doing something that doesn't seem have to have any relevance to the kingdom, but every one of you is a priest and you're a bringer of life. And as you're filled by the Spirit, so God enables us to use all sorts of different gifts in the service of his kingdom and to bring life to those around us. You're a priest. You bring life. That's your purpose. 
Be convinced of it and let the Holy Spirit fill you so that you might know that that's what you do wherever you go, whether it's talking to a neighbour, whether it's in your family, whether it's visiting elderly relatives, whatever it is, you bring life, you carry the Spirit and you're a blessing. So this is where we find ourselves at the start of this new era. And I think that a lot of this was particularly pertinent to us. We saw it when we first went into lockdown, as we kind of first went into our wilderness, if you like, we saw that we knew we were dependent on God. We knew we needed to pray. We saw that we had this role uh, to those around us as bringers of life and light. But, you know, as things start to get back to normal, my sense is maybe that we start to lose the edge of that. There's not quite so many people praying. The, the, the generosity is not quite so uh, on, the, on, the, on the front foot. And I want to call us to these things again, because these are the very characteristics of being a priest. And every one of us is called to this priesthood. It, it was amazing in that our prayer meeting on Tuesday evening. I don't know if you were there, but these themes were right there at the forefront of it all. So Andrew was talking about gateway furniture and what he's learned in terms of dependence on God, that he can't do it in his own strength. Esther, in terms of Alpha, was talking about prayer. And again, Andrew, talking about the opportunities in the town, it, it, that it just had that sense of we are, as we're filled with the Spirit and follow God's prompting, we are those who can bring life. And I, what I want us to understand is that this is true for all of us. These are the elements of what it means to be priests in God's kingdom. In God's kingdom, And God has called every one of us to be priests. It's a holy calling. You are a priest of the Most High God. Know your dependence on God. It's okay to be dependent on God. That's a great posture to have. Persevere in prayer and know that wherever you are, wherever God has placed you, you're, you bring light, you bring life. People talk about calling, don't they? What are you called to do? Let me tell you what you're called to do. You're called to be a priest, every one of you. This is not about leaders. This is not about people with particular gifts. Every one of us called to be a priest. Amen.